Some of the most epic games since 2020 have involved the Bills and the Chiefs. Think about it. AFC Championship game in 2020. The 13-second game in 2021. The Bills have basically controlled the Chiefs in Kansas City over the last two regular seasons. And now they meet again with a lot on the line. This edition of Defending the Kingdom is called Find It. And it's brought to you by our friends at Ticketmaster. And hi, everyone. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. This is the DTK version with the Bills and the Chiefs. First of all, thank you, Matt, uh, for filling in me during filling in for me during the Packers weekend. I'll just tell you, it was excruciating to uh, have a 43-year streak come to an end, but you were just rocking it, man. One shout-out to Ari Wolf, who, of course, oh. did the radio for you. Yep. My job wasn't too hard. I hosted Rewind and, uh, of course, did Field Pass with Ari. Wasn't the same being there without you, though, uh, for real. Um, some of my favorite memories in this job is just being on the road with you and, and we're game planning and talking about the opponent and getting to the stadium early. Wasn't the same without you. Uh, I know everyone listening to the broadcast already did great filling in, but it awesome. wasn't quite the same without you. So, so glad you're back. We did not miss a defending the kingdom episode. DTK was not interrupted and that's, that's a good thing at least. And I felt like George Bailey in a wonderful life lifted out of my life and just hovering like a drone over what, I do, but I came appreciative, more appreciative of everybody around me uh, and everything around me when you get pulled out and then put back in. So here we are, and now getting ready for the Bills and Chiefs, a peculiar addition, in my opinion, to the Bills and Chiefs, because these two teams, desperate to win this game, I would say on both accounts, we'll get into that, but how they've gotten here are just different ways than were anticipated over the summer. But still, it's the Bills and Chiefs with a lot on the line. So to get ready for that, no better way than to jump on Matt's space station that goes around the earth and check in with our kingdom defenders around the world. So we have a lot of submissions. I only have three names for you today. I'll get back to everyone next week, I promise. For Jan Stenerud, maybe. There we go. For Jan. For Jan Stenerud, Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker. Awesome guy. Love Jan. The best. Uh, So the first two I met in person at the Holiday Bar over at the stadium. Have you been over to that? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's up in the penthouse. So uh, like I was in like the North Pole. I felt like Santa was there like working on stuff. Well, it's, it's crazy that we spend so much time up there, but it looks totally different. Like, I walked in and I was like, this is not the penthouse. <laughs> but anyway, very cool. Uh, I believe it's sold out, but if you still have tickets to go to it, it's awesome. Uh, I met Ivan at the Holiday Bar. Shout out to Ivan. And I met Carmen at the Holiday Bar as well. And I went on Tuesday, last Tuesday, so we had – or last Wednesday, rather, because our podcast had posted that morning for the week, and she mentioned that she had just watched the show and then came to the holiday bar, and there I was. <laughs> so shout out to Carmen. And then shout out to Susie from Germany. So we've ah. mentioned Susie before. Susie sent us some gifts, and here's one of them. It wow. is a jersey from, from the Stuttgart uh, European League of Football team. Amazing, right? That's Stuttgart awesome. jersey came all the way from Germany. So thank you, Susie. Thank you, Susie. You're the best. I'll get Mitch's T-shirt. And uh, we appreciate you. Thank yeah. you very much. Stuttgart. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that penthouse looks awesome, man. Um, 
So if you want to find Santa's elves working on your gift, uh, sneak your way into the penthouse club. Actually, don't do that. You'll get thrown out. Uh, that wouldn't be a good idea. But here we are. So Chiefs and Bills, uh, interesting game. The Bills are a really interesting study. We haven't seen a team like this oof, in a long time, if ever. This is a 6-6 six and six Bills team that has a plus 100 point advantage in point differential. Okay, the last team after 12 weeks that had a plus 100 point differential and did not make the playoffs with the 2005 Chargers. You're going, why aren't the Bills 10 and 2? Pertinent question, right? But giveaways in this league are lethal, especially tight the AFC is and tight as the NFL is. It maybe gets simplistic, but the fact that these guys have just given it away too much at critical times seems to be the crux of the Bills' issues. 100%, and you laid it all out. I mean, if you look at the Bills' offensive numbers, they're very Bill-like. I mean, it's the second-best red zone offense in the NFL at 67.4%. Really good. They have the lowest three-and-out percentage in the NFL, just ahead of the Chiefs, and it's the top third-down offense in the NFL, converting at a 50% clip. And in many ways, they're actually more dynamic, I think, than they have been in recent years because they can run the football effectively from the running back position with James Cook. They are gaining at least four yards on 48.5% of their runs this year, highest rate in the NFL. So they're consistently ahead of the sticks when they're on schedule. But you're right. It's the turnovers. They have 20 turnovers this year, seventh most in the NFL, tied with the Chiefs, actually. But their turnovers have kind of happened in bunches. Really strange. Last year, they turned the ball over in the red zone a lot. They had eight red zone giveaways, most in the NFL. They have zero this year. So they've been really good in the red zone. But 10 of their 20 giveaways have taken place in their own territory. It's when drives are first getting started. And six of those giveaways happen on the first play of a drive, most in the NFL. Really kind of difficult to do that. So there's not an easy way to explain it. But the Bills have turned the ball over a lot early on in drives and have just kind of gotten into a funk. And it's led to a 6-6 six and six season for them. I've watched a lot of their games, and they're right in it to the end, and they have just been on the other side of it. So it's a very dangerous team that, in a lot of ways, has beaten themselves quite a bit this year. You know, six of their losses have been by six points or less, and they've lost seven of the last ten games that have been decided by one possession. That's part of it, too. So that thought kicked in. As you mentioned that, the other one that's inexplicable, of the 13 Josh Allen interceptions this season, seven have come when he has the lead. It's not like he's from behind and trying to force something to happen. Again, it's strange, and that first drive or first play of a drive to turn it over is very weird. But this episode of Defending the Kingdom, we're entitled Find It. And really, that circles back to the Chiefs. We're going to get to more on the Bills, and I do like what you're saying about their run game. Because to make James Cook the lead guy, however, Latavius Murray now, is he's still a factor. And Johnson, they have a three-headed monster with this run game. Plus, they do a good job of still running the jet sweeps, the wide receiver power sweeps. They do that very, very well. But let's talk about the Chiefs here, finding it. And let's start with finding energy. One of Coach's four mantras when he drove into town in January of 2013 was to create energy. Sometimes, and most of the time, that energy has to be from within, within a locker room, within a team, within oneself. And now we're sitting here in December with the game where the Chiefs can still, the one seed's still very much in play. Got to win the division. Denver's putting on some pressure. How do you find it? How do you find the energy? How do you find the energy when you're coming on a short week 
and you're playing a Bills team that will have two weeks to prepare for you. I think part of it is a lot of what we need to accomplish our goals is already there. It is a matter of tweaking a couple of things and making sure that we are doing the right things to accomplish those goals. So if you look at the game against the Packers, Packers played an outstanding game. And one of the things that they did is they limited the Chiefs' opportunities offensively. The Chiefs had seven offensive possessions, true offensive possessions. They also had that possession at the end of the first half where they ran one play. That doesn't really count. They were at their own one-yard line. Seven true offensive possessions. The Bill or the Packers also had seven offensive possessions, but they were incredibly efficient with them. They scored touchdowns. The Chiefs had to settle for field goals on two of their four red zone attempts. So when you limit a team's offensive possessions and you only are able to score 19 points and you turn the ball over, those mistakes are magnified big time. And the Packers played a great game with their limited possessions. The Chiefs played a pretty good game. For the Chiefs going into this game, I think it would make a lot of sense to go ahead and go in with the Packers game plan. Let's limit the Bills' offensive possessions. Let's bait them into some mistakes. And offensively, let's be very efficient and end drives with touchdowns. That all sounds great. You have to go do it. But the numbers do indicate the Chiefs could do that, considering that the Chiefs have the second most uh, drives this season of five or more, more minutes in the NFL. They're able to play ball control. You just got to finish drives with touchdowns and not field goals. And then if the Bills are behind, they commit a mistake, all of a sudden you're playing the game on your terms. So it's a long-winded way of saying it's all right there for the Chiefs. It's all right there. They just need to go out and play their game and not beat themselves, and I like their chances. Chiefs are still second in the league in fewest three and outs. You look at 125 possessions, only 17 three and outs. The Bills are first. Okay. <laughs> the Bills are first. When you look at they've had 130 possessions, only 14 three and outs. But it's a matter, your point, I think, Matt, is well taken. We know the recipe book for this 2023 Chiefs team, much different than 18, 19, 20, 21, and 22 with Pat Mahomes as the QB1. Different, it can still be tasty, but it's a whole different cookbook. And the cookbook means there has to be finding it. Part of the finding it is finding the intensity and awareness and concentration on every snap. When you play an offensive game where we, we all see teams that will play with kind of tight margins and, and uh, what Denver has done basically, right? They've won five of the last six by just condensing everything. That means there's very little chance for error. It can't be the holding call that just throws a one drive off or a drop that throws one drive off or a red zone lack of execution. So it puts a lot of pressure on every play. But winning this game, I think you're all over it. Finding it means finding a brand new awareness and concentration that how many snaps you get, 70, 80, have to be an unusual awareness on every snap, especially playing a team this good in Buffalo who has two weeks to prepare for you. And one reason I think the Chiefs have a good chance of doing that and achieving that is the mentality here. It all sounds kind of cliche, but it's real that the Chiefs have been very good about not letting things snowball during the Patrick Mahomes era because Mahomes is never too high and never too low. Yep. When things are going really well, he doesn't, you know, get super into it and basking in how great he is. He doesn't do that. He just keeps going to the next opponent. When you have the same mentality when you lose, that's how you get out of a rut. You're not forcing things or, or pressing too much. He said this basically at his media the other day where if the Chiefs go beat the Bills nationally, everyone's going to love the Chiefs again, right? And then if they lose to so-and-so, everyone will hate him again. 
you can't worry about any of that and you can't get down on yourself and dwell on a loss. I truly believe you just have to see what happened. Why did things go wrong? Okay, let's correct those things to the best of our ability and get after the next opponent. That's all you can do. It's a great lesson for life, honestly, not just football. And the Chiefs have been really good about that ever since Mahomes got here and frankly, since Coach Reed got here way back in 2013. In the Mahomes era, when we lose a game, the Chiefs are 16-3 and three immediately after that game. That is not an accident, and it's not just because he's really good on the field. It's because he it has the mental wherewithal to turn the page and get better and get after the next opponent. And that's the challenge here, and it's a tough one. I mean, the Bills are a lot better than their record indicates. We know how good the Buffalo Bills are. But I also think the Chiefs are a lot better than what they've done in some of these losses, and I'm confident they have – uh, the right mindset to get after it and practice this week and to correct it against Buffalo. Yeah, the number that counteracts that are the Bills are 8-0 after a bye since 2015. That's number one in the NFL. McDermott 6-0 after a bye. So you have this collision of atoms, uh, so to speak, in this game. But uh, again, for the Chiefs to find it. Now let's talk about the Bills' defense while we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs' offense. This Bills' defense... They lose Matt Milano. That's a giant piece. They lose Tredavious White, also a good player. And yet, they're fifth in the league in points allowed per game and sixth in offensive points allowed. This is a team, they do it a little bit differently. They play a lot of nickel. 83% of the time, they're in nickel. They play it as a base, but they're still stingy to score on. And it's been kind of a roller coaster for them. At times, they're really, really dominant. Like three times this year, they've held the opposition under 10 points. But then last week against the Eagles, they give up 37 points, including the game-winning drive. It's just kind of odd. Uh, at times, you're not really sure what you'll get with this Bills defense, but they are really talented. They have the third most sacks in the NFL with 41. Now, a quarter of those happened in one game uh, against the Commanders. They had nine sacks. Just crazy. But they have pass rushers. I mean, guys like Leonard Floyd having a nice season, nine and a half sacks this year. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, six and a half sacks. Ed Oliver, been around a while. He has six sacks. One thing I'm kind of watching in this game, though, is the Bills' blitz rate. Now, they're kind of middle of the pack as it is when it comes to blitzing, but they really don't like blitzing Patrick Mahomes. I went back and did all the math. So Mahomes has five matchups against them, 236 dropbacks. They've blitzed 29 times. They just don't blitz him. The game in the rain that we lost a couple of years ago in 2021 didn't blitz at all. Didn't blitz him one time. They've blitzed him more than 10 times just once, and that was way back uh, in 2020, I think it was the AFC Championship game. So they don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. They are relying on their front four to get pressure. This seems very obvious, but for the Chiefs' offensive line, you can't let the Bills' front four get home. You just can't. You have to make sure that he has time in the pocket to find guys downfield uh, because if the Bills find success with just their front four, that's where their defense is really dangerous. I also have visions of sugar plums dancing in my head, uh, but I also have visions going back to 2020. You triggered a thought. Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 164 yards rushing on these guys yeah. in the last game that was played in Buffalo. If you remember the Bills Mafia going, when did we ever get to play them in Buffalo? I this has been Kansas City, Kansas City. Every year, yeah. But <laughs> this is a team, again, that plays 83% nickel, and they don't blitz a lot. They're 26th in the league. They only blitz 23% of the time, and they really dial it down when they're playing Mahomes. But can you run the ball on this team, and can you run it with consistency and whether that's, I know Pop missed practice earlier this week, Isaiah Pacheco, but can you get him rolling or somebody else rolling in the run game against this team? Now, that's a stout defensive front. I don't know if you mentioned Greg Rousseau or not. 
he had the awesome, his only career interception against the Chiefs on the tip pass that was awesome against Mahomes. But everything you're saying to me also leads to the point of running the ball enough or at a very high level. Yeah, hopefully Pacheco can play. He has that shoulder contusion. But I think you're totally right that when the Chiefs kind of found a groove in the third quarter last week, when it really felt like the Chiefs were going to win that game and come from behind, it's when they were running the football with a lot of success. Isaiah had maybe the best game of his career. Uh, It was the second most Mm. rushing yards he's ever had in a game. He had 110 rushing yards. But what's interesting about it, he didn't have like one 80-yard run. You know, sometimes like the box score doesn't tell the full story. He was just getting five yards, four yards, six yards over and over again. 10 of his 18 rushes went for at least five yards. That's a really efficient night. He was averaging over four yards after contact. So guys just weren't able to tackle him. There was that one awesome play where he pushed the pile for like eight yards. The best. I mean, just the best. I mean, that's like 1980s football. If the Chiefs can get that kind of production out of their backfield, very difficult to beat them. Now, the Packers, they played a great game. I, again, give them credit, but... More often than not, if the Chiefs are able to run the ball like that, it's going to mean guys downfield are open because the defense has to account for that ability as a runner. So I'm totally with you. Uh, That's a couple weeks in a row now that Isaiah has really been a force and established a physicality up front, um, and it goes hand-in-hand with the offensive line. So, yeah, I, I think the key to beating the Bills offensively, and it goes with my thoughts earlier about being efficient, eating up clock, limiting possessions for the Bills, run the football and wear them out. And if Pacheco can play, he certainly has the ability to do that. And being technique sound, technique sound. I know you had Trey Smith on after the game, but that group technique sound, including the tight ends. The tight ends in this game, not just as receivers, but as blockers, all three of them, all three of them being technique sound, not the holds like they had on the sweep against the Eagles, which ended up being – a critical play. So technique sound uh, is big here in trying to run the ball. I love the run by Pacheco. One of the things I missed about doing that game, my yeah. first miss in 30 seasons was that play. I was going to go nuts on that, right? Because I said the Eagles could have the tush push all they want. I was thinking, what am I going to call this? The pop glop, right? <laughs> it's a glop. I'm making up a word because it's this glop of bodies. And it was all the other team. It was all the Packers. And Pop just is dragging them, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the Chiefs offensive linemen come up and push. But this wasn't tush push. This was Pop going, give me – I'll take the entire Packer nation forward for five yards. I mean, he's an unusual guy, and he's really close. I hope he can play this week. We have not had a 1,000-yard rusher since 2017, since Kareem Hunt, okay? And it's he's right there, man, and he's right there to pop some – no pun intended, some pop, some big runs. But I just think, man, that could be a key in this game. He's 221 yards away <laughs> with five games left. Again, hopefully he can go this week, but he's right there. And to have a 1,000-yard rusher in this offense to really help this offense get ahead of the chains, uh, to establish that physicality up front, it just changes everything. Uh, I just really think that offense that we saw in the third quarter, that's what this team can be. It opens up everything else, and it wears the defense out. And if he can do that the rest of the year, that's December, January, and February football right there. We lost. I get it. It's a bummer. I mean, it was a heartbreaker. The Chiefs had the game, and and they lost it. But there were positive things that came out of it, and his ability to run the football Mm. and how the offense looked in that third quarter is certainly uh, one of those encouraging things. Is Glop a word? It is now. You just coined it. Thank you. Yep. There we go. I know slop is. I thought about pop slop. I go, no, that's not 
that's not endearing enough, but a pop glop is because I think we're going to, we haven't seen the last of a pop glop of just him carrying bodies uh, forward. Well, I'm thinking like if you were calling that play and if I was spotting for you, that would mm. be one of those things that you just like grab my shoulder and like just shake it back and forth. And, yeah. and the GoPro's up there and sees me just silently celebrating like a maniac. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's what I been. missed on Sunday, you know? That's why we didn't win that game. I man. know. You know that's the reason. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll close it out this way. Just a lot on the line here. The Bills probably get knocked out of the playoffs. In a year, they're going, what? <laughs> we were plus 100 in point differential and didn't make the playoffs? If they lose this game, it tells you where their head is at and the fact that they've got two weeks to prepare. For the Chiefs, the one seed's in play. What a year in the AFC. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. Um, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow gets hurt. And here the, the Ravens had the toughest schedule remaining of any team in the league. And the one seed's in play. But you, I'm not saying you have to win this game, but the probabilities are there to win this game, win this game, and you can still get the one seed. Maybe you can have the driver's seat. Again, what I love about the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're not looking too far ahead. They're looking just at this game. But you and I can look ahead. And we see just how the schedules look and, and everything. This is a big one. It's important. Uh, everything is still right there for the Chiefs. I cannot emphasize that enough. It is right there for the Chiefs because of the position they have put themselves in this year. But there are five games left. It is December. This is historically when the Chiefs put their foot on the gas pedal. And this is when the Chiefs leave everyone else in the dust. That's why we've been to five straight AFC title games here at home. That's why we've been to three Super Bowls and won two of them. It's because of how they start playing right now. And that's the impetus for this week. And that's the opportunity this week. You can really kickstart the rest of the season with a big win over the Bills. So let's go do it. He's Matt McMullen. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. It's the Bills and the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, they need to find it. Find some energy. Find that good technique December game. And for all of us, find your inner glop. <laughs>